Amen. Y'all give him a hand clap. That was beautiful. Thank you, ladies. You know, um, sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves. And, and that's why I asked him to play that song, because sometimes we go to hide things and, you know, behind the walls, behind the curtains, whatever. We build up walls in our life. We've all done it. Every one of us. But we have to be honest and say, what do I need to change in me to come up another level? To, when are you going to stand and say, enough is enough? I've always uh, told you that I like to um, read a scripture before I start and also like to pray. Father God, I just pray over this message. I just ask you to give me the right words, Lord. As I speak these words, Father God, that it touches their hearts, that it changes them. When they walk out of here, they're different, Lord, because they see you in this message. They see the hurts that they have, Lord, and they want to change them. They see the, the things that they need to do, Father God, and they change that. I ask you to bless them as this word touches their heart, Father God, that it gets down to the bone and marrow in every area of their lives, Father God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I mentioned to you I like to read a scripture as well. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, so many times we, we sit there and we think, why am I doing this? Why do I have to keep doing this over and over and over? Nobody likes it. Nobody cares. It's, it doesn't matter. It matters. You're touching souls that I might not ever touch. You're making a difference in people's lives. That was uh, the King James Version. I'm going to read the Amplified Version. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable. Stand, stand, be steadfast, immovable. Always excelling in the work of the Lord. Always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. I asked the Lord what he wanted me to, to teach on today. And, uh, and this message was supposed to be done last week, but he changed it at the last minute. Today, I asked him, and he says, if not now, when? 
if you are going through things and you're not trusting God, if not now, when? When are you going to look at him and say, Jesus, I need you. I've done it long enough my way. It's not working. I'm going to show you in the, in the scriptures a couple of things that people stood up and they said, now is my time. I'm ready now. Amen? Everyone goes through things. We all do. Some of us give up. say Because it, it's easy to give up. It's easy to say, I've had enough. I'm not going to stand no more. The Bible says that what I just read, stand fast, steadfast, stand. You've done everything else later on in the Bible. It says, if you've done everything, stand some more. Why are you giving up? Well, you don't understand what my marriage is like right now. No, but God does. Why, why do you want to give up on something that the Lord put together? On this union that he put together where, where you stood at the altar and you said, in front of everybody, God, we love each other. We're going to be with each other through sickness and health, everything, Lord. Ups and downs, peaks and valleys. But when something happens, because maybe she burnt the pot roast, that's the second time she's done it. Really? And now you want a divorce because of a pot roast? You know, and I know I'm just being funny here, just trying to be anyways. But that's how sometimes we look at things. We, we nitpick on the little things, but we forget of all the other things that we said that we would do. You, you, I was talking to someone earlier, and they said, me and my husband pray before we go to bed and when we wake up. Now, you tell me, how's that marriage going to be? It's going to be good. It's going to stand, and it's going to grow, and it continue to grow. Why? Because they are together in this. They realized for us to work in our marriage, we have to pray and stay together. If not now, when? If you're not doing it now, when are you going to start? When was the last time you looked at your wife and said, I love you? When was the last time you looked at your husband and said, I respect you? All the ups and downs that we've gone through, husband, wife, when was the last time you looked at each other and said, I need you? It happens. We've all done it. We've all done it. I'm about this close to getting my wife lined out. <laughs> oh, really? Y'all don't believe that, do you? <laughs> I'm glad she's not here. She's not around the corner, is she? <laughs> no, when, when I've told you some of this, uh, when I first got married with my wife, I thought that everything... How the Bible reads it, woman, submit to your husband, so on and so forth, that she was supposed to be behind me. But what I realized as time went on is that she's my helpmate. She's right next to me. And there's an order in the house, but I, I still got to do my part. It still has to be right on my side. Amen? And most men said, amen. But it takes time. It took me time to realize that. You know, and she finally got tired of it. She finally said, if not now, when? But every time I'd say that, she says, you know, that's a good idea. I should be three steps behind you. That way, as you walk, I can kick you. That's what she told me. And, and she did. She didn't kick me. She did say that. But we have to stand up in, in life, in everything, at your job. If not now, when? And I'm not trying to sit there and say that you need to be standing on your desk. Let me tell you about Jesus. No. 
Be a witness just by your walk, by your actions, by the love you share with these people. When, when they're down, don't ridicule them. Don't be a gossiper and say, you know what? Let me tell you about so-and-so. Can you believe what she's going through? You don't do that. You say, hey, sister, can, can we pray for so-and-so? Brother, can, can we stand together in agreement? They're having a hard time financially. Amen? Why can't we do those types of things instead of, hey, let me tell you what happened. You know, you, unbelievable. When are you going to stand firm for the Lord? Walking away is easy. I told you about that. Jesus, in the Bible, it talks about Jesus coming through Jericho. And as Jesus was walking through, there was crowds of people everywhere. There was a man sitting in the back. His name was, they knew him as Blind Bartimaeus. And as, he, as Jesus was walking, Blind Bartimaeus was in the back, and he was just sitting there. And he heard, he's, of course, he can't see. So he, what's going on? What's going on? They tell him, Jesus is coming. So he starts yelling. Y'all know the story? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, he kept saying. The people in front of him said, man, be quiet, man. They, he wants us. He doesn't want you. Stop talking. Stop. How many people have told you to stop? If not now, when? Blind Bartimaeus sat there and kept yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is walking, like I mentioned, and he says, who is that? Send him up here. Well, and then the people say, hey, man, you were so loud. He wants you now. Go. Blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says that he got up and he ran towards Jesus. Man's blind. He knew where to go. I'm sure he tripped over people, hit people with his walking stick. You know, people, ow, ow, ow. Gets to Jesus. He says, what is it that you need? Obviously, Jesus knew what he needed. He knew he didn't have his eyesight. He knew that he was blind. But he said, what is it that you need? He says, I want to see. I want to be able to see. I'm blind. Sometimes Jesus asks you, what do you need? He already knows your need. But sometimes he gets down to our level. And he says, what is it that you need? The Bible says in, in uh, Zechariah 2.8 that you're the apple of his eye. He wants the best for you. That's all he wants. He doesn't want you to struggle. He's already paid the price in, on that cross for you to have everything that you need. But the thing is, is sometimes we have a hard time receiving that. Blind Bartimaeus was right here, and he got to that point. If not now, when? If not now, when? Now's my time. I'm coming up here, Jesus, and I need my healing. That's when it, he got his healing. When he stood up and he had the faith to believe that Jesus was going to heal him. It's no different than me or you. When is it your time when you're going to stand up and say, I've had enough. I need this Jesus you're talking about like, like never before. I love him and I know him. I know who he is. But I need this Jesus that you're talking about. I haven't known him like that for years. Now's the time. Today is your day. You need to stand up and say, I've had enough. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no, no authority over me. I am a child of the Most High God. When Jesus sees me, he sees the apple of his eye. Why not you? You're no different than blind Bartimaeus. Another person in the Bible, the woman with the issue of blood. 
Some of you know the story. Most of you probably do. But you got Jesus walking through the streets. And as he's walking through the streets, people, throngs of people are all over him, holding him, touching him, grabbing him. The disciples are around him trying, hey, y'all back up, y'all back up. And Jesus is walking through the street. This one lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. How many of us just need a touch? How many of us have had enough of what we're going through that we just need a touch? When was the last time you got on your knees and said, I've had enough, Lord? I had enough. When was the last time you went in your prayer closet, and I'm serious about a closet, get in there, close the door, turn the lights off, and it's just you and God? When was the last time you did that? We need to come up another level as men and women of God and say, I've had enough. If not now, when? My marriage is going crazy. You don't understand. Touch the hem. But you don't understand the sickness and disease that's in my family and generational curses. Touch the hem. What's your need? What is it? When are you going to touch it? I asked him to sing that song for that right reason right there. When are you going to be honest with yourself? Honesty. It matters. You can fake it all you want. No, there's no issues in my life. No, I'm fine. My marriage is good. Well, it shows. Come on. Yeah, my children, no, there's nothing wrong with my kids. Everything's perfect. Well, good. Maybe you should teach the next class. We all struggle. We all go through things. Every one of us. There's not one of us that hasn't had an issue in our marriage or in our family. Or, and you might say, well, my marriage is perfect. Everything's fine. You got family, don't you? Come on. We didn't pick our in-laws. I see some of you agree with me. But the thing is, touch the hem. That woman with the issue of blood came and, and she says, if, this is my point of contact. If I just contact him, if I can just touch him, it's going to change. She believed it. What about you? What do you believe in? What is it in your life that you need to do to change to say, I believe this? We've all had to start. I was talking to some family earlier, and, and they were having financial difficulties before. But somebody cared enough for them and told them, let me help you, and taught them. Maybe you're the teacher. Maybe you're the one that says, let me help you, let me teach you. It starts today. I had the same issue, credit card debt. I've told some of you, some of you know that. I mean, my wife and I were like $40,000 in debt, in credit cards. And we put the kids in private school, and it didn't matter. It's credit card debt, is credit card debt. Not trying to justify it, I'm telling you. It's credit card debt. And I sat there, and, and uh, I said, Lord, I've been tithing. See, you've you got to go back to your basis. What, what is it that you're standing on? Are you standing on the Word of God or are you standing on what you're doing? So I stood on the Word of God and in Malachi the Bible says that, that God says, remind me of my Word. It's not that He doesn't know it. I, I mentioned that last week. He knows His Word better than we do, obviously. He wrote it. But the thing is, is that He says, remind me. Why? So you can remind Him and tell Him, this is what I know, Lord, that you said that you would do, Lord. Amen? 
And so anyways, my wife and I, we, we would stand on the word. I know this sounds silly, but guess what? Having credit card up to here is silly. We would throw the checkbook on the floor. We said, Lord, you did it on, at Jericho. They went around it seven times, Lord. And my wife and I, I kid you not, we stood in our bedroom and we walked around our checkbook seven times. And the whole time, it sounds silly, doesn't it? But it worked. Why? Because I stood on God's word. I stood on God's word and I said, Lord, your word says this. That if we give, it shall be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Lord, I stand in agreement with my wife. It's, it looked silly when they were walking around the walls of Jericho, didn't it? It looked silly when I was walking around my checkbook. But I walked around it and I confessed the word of God over it. And then I, I got with some people that had wisdom on how to use finances and do finances. That's what made the difference. I mean, walking around it and all that, that's all great. Because you're starting to talk about your problems. But get with somebody that knows exactly what you need help with. How to budget. Things like that. That's important in your life. Now this lady with the uh, issue of blood. Says if I can just touch the hem of his garment. So she goes up. And I told you Jesus. Uh, so many people around him. And she just touches it. As she touches that hem, she goes back and, and kind of gets in a little corner. Jesus says, stop. Somebody touch me. See, there's a difference. We can be in church all day long, six, seven, eight days a week, nine, 10, 12, 15 days in a row. It doesn't matter. But there's a difference when you touch him. He knows something left me. There's something different about you. When you're standing there and sitting there and, 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 and you touch and you say, Jesus, I've had enough. It's time for me to come up another level, Lord. And he, he said that, that, that after she touched him, she went and kind of cowered down over here because she was scared. But she was healed instantly, the Bible says. Her issue stopped. See, you have to understand, and, and back then they don't have the things that they have now for the issues of blood. But the thing is, is, is that as, as she was walking up to him, there was pools of blood. For 12 years, she's been suffering this, the Bible says. So anybody that came in contact with her backed up, obviously, because they knew there was an issue here. When you touch the hem of his garment, when you make a difference in your life and say, I've had enough, enough is enough, now is the time. People are going to start backing up. Why? Because you're different now. There's a difference in you. You might say, well, you know, you don't understand the friends that I have. Let them go. When you become a Christian and, and full force into it, people are not going to be happy. People are going to say, I can't believe you turned on me, man. We used to go drinking all the time. We used to party. You know, we were out till three or four in the morning. Yeah, but that was ruining my marriage. You don't realize what I needed to do in my life. Yeah, man, but you know, as a lady, you might say, well, you know what? Your friends are like, hey, you don't want to go out with us anymore? No, I can't. I'm going to spend time with my family. But you used to always be with us. We'd go shopping every Saturday. 
it stopped today because I enjoy my family now. When, when I had my, a couple of my kids and, and, and I, didn't, I wasn't even a Christian, didn't even know the Lord, uh, I said, I'm going to quit drinking. Why? Because I didn't want my family life like, or my kids' life like I had it when I was a child. I wasn't even a Christian, and I knew how alcohol ruined my family's life. I mean, don't get me wrong. My dad did everything he could, made it as, as good as he could. But when it was down to it, I don't remember one time throwing a ball with my dad. One time. But I can remember him saying, hey, go get me a beer. You know? I'm not judging my dad. I'm just telling you. I didn't want that when I had kids. I made it a point where I want my kids to know their dad loves them. And I wasn't even a Christian, guys. I'm telling you. So when I became a Christian and I had, I've got four kids, you Three of them were here the other day. I threw the ball with my kids. I sat down one-on-one. I'd sit them down and say, tell me what you're going through, son. I want to show you something or, or tell you something. Jesus never did a healing until God affirmed him. What, when? When he came into the water and came out of the water, what did God say? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. After that, the miracle started happening. Even God had to affirm his son and say, I love you, son. I love you. How many of you need to sit down with your kids and say, I love you. You're a blessing. Instead of tearing them down. If not now, when? Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. There was a man that I talked to. And I said, hey, man, I said, "Uh, you're kind of rough with your children, man. Let me help you with that. He said, no, I'm fine. I said, can I ask you a question? He says, yeah. I said, when, uh, how was your childhood like? Well, my dad was never around. He was always ugly when he was. You know, he'd beat us and yell at us. And I said, then don't you want to change that for your kids? Wouldn't you think that you would want to change that? This was a Christian man. I said, it's too late. I said, it's never too late. It's never too late to show the peace and love and joy of the Holy Ghost all over these kids and and bless them and pray for them and tell them that they're a blessing. It's never too late. Let them know, son, I love how you play the guitar. Daughter, I love how you do this. Or, you know, know, you've had a problem in driving before, but you're doing so much better. They need to hear that too. Amen? I thank you that you work hard. I thank you that you try to do your grades, you know, the best that you can. It's important. It's important. I don't know who I'm ministering to. That wasn't even part of it. I'm going to charge extra for that. (laughs) Let me say this. In life, you're either going to leave a mark or you're going to leave a scar. One or the other. There's no in between. Let it be a mark. To where your kids will say, my dad, my mom, they were the best. My husband, oh my goodness, I could count on him. I knew he was there for me. I respected him. You know, the Bible says that she doesn't have to love you. It says that she has to respect you. But it says husbands love your wives. That's what it says. But we're fortunate to where they love us. I wanted to read something, some of us. I wanted to read a little something to you. I'm going to read a little bit and then 
I'm going to tell you this guy's age. This is an obituary. It says, Our beloved Stacy Taylor left a legacy that blazed a trail of faith, hope, and love to all who encountered him. Is that what you're doing? Or they're saying, man, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad she died. When, when you go and, and die, what's your obituary going to be? This big? This is his kids writing this for him. This was a long time ago. Some of you have heard it. To know him was to love him because he left everyone in the wake of his bounding joy, strength, and gladness that sowed so freely from his life. Is it flowing out of you? That peace and love and joy that I was talking about earlier? He was married to his beloved bride of 28 years. The way he loved her and honored her, they possessed, and the uh, honor they possessed for one another rang out like wedding bells. You know, some of our marriages are like clanging cymbals, not wedding bells. Honor her, love her. And all the women said, Amen. To all who had the joy to behold their marriage, he was her rock her best friend, and the father of their children. It, are you the rock, man? I'm just throwing it out there. If, if we were to ask your wife, I'm not. The women are looking down straight ahead. As a loving and gentle father, he left behind his beloved children and goes on to name them. His children were the apple of his eye. I mentioned to you how God looks at you. That's how he looked at his children. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. You're the apple of my eye. What do you need? Let me help you. Like the good shepherd, he held each one close to his heart, leading them well in how to walk with God. It's important that you teach them how to walk with the Lord. Why? Because one day they're leaving your house. And when they do, you can easily say, I taught them the best I could. I taught them the best I could. Now it's their turn to make the decisions they're not always right and so on and so forth, but it's okay. I taught them the best I could. Amen? Always, be, always uh, being ready to be a blessing. I just loved it. I, I read this. A friend of mine had died, and, and I was looking in the obituaries, and I ran into this one. I was like, my goodness, who is this guy? And I read it, and I saved it. I've already contacted the family. They said they don't mind me reading it. Stuff like that. It says here, he never had a problem bestowing his time upon his children. He continually affirmed their God-given gifts and talents. Taking pride in the young adults they were. He was the kindest, most thoughtful father. That's what they say. I'm going to read one more thing. Desiring that his reputation to always be in honor of the Lord. Come on. So many of us, look what I did. Man, Courtney, do you know, did, do you know what I did when I, I talked to them and showed them and loved them? No, it's not about that. It's about, God, you're a good God. Amen? He had an uncompromising zeal to call men higher to speak truth into their lives. Are you calling people to come up to another level? If not, now, when? When are you going to start bringing people up to another level instead of tearing them down, letting them know they're worthless, can't count on you, you know? Let's do it together. You're reaching people I'll never reach. 
I heard somebody say this and I loved it. You can count the seeds in a watermelon. If we cut up a watermelon, we can count all the seeds. Am I right? But you'll never be able to count all the watermelons in the seed. You plant one seed, how many watermelons is it going to give you? You don't know. That's me. That's you. We're that seed. When we plant a seed, she might reach people I'll never see. 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Same as you. Same as you. Same as you. Look at yourself as a seed and say, I'm planting. And uh, Billy Graham did it. How many people has he touched? Then just the ones that he's touched, how many have they touched? Because of Billy Graham. So don't think, well, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. You're not Billy Graham, neither am I. But we're touching souls for Jesus. That's all that matters. When she touched the hem of his garment, she says, I've had enough. I'm touching. When she touched it, she cowered down. Jesus said, who touched me? Virtue has left me. See, when you're in the closet with Jesus, when you're praying, Jesus knows he's made contact. We've touched. Our hearts are together here. What is it that you need, my son? The apple of my eye? If not now, when? If not now, when? We've looked at it over and over. God looks at a person's heart. He says, I want to be different. What are you saying about the situations you're in? Stop being so negative towards it. Stuff happens. Why look at it as the glass is half full or, you know, no, it's half empty. No, it doesn't matter. Let it go. Well, people hurt me. Let it go. My family hurt me. Love them. Love them anyways. Well, you don't understand. Love them anyways. Love changes all things. When they see you're hurting, they're happy. When they see we got to him, we got to her, they're happy. They're looking at their heart as if we got him. But when you say, I love you, brother, even though he might have hurt me, I love you, brother, you're a blessing. What's in his heart now? Man, I didn't even make him mad. Amen? Change the way you look at things. Change the situation to benefit the Lord. Not you, to benefit the Lord. Humble yourself and say, that's enough. I'm not going there anymore. As your faith grows, your worry will be less and less and less. Let your faith be on the Lord. Do you remind God of his word? Do you? If not, now when? You need to be a person of your word. That way people can count on you. Amen? If not, now when? The three Hebrew children, they sat there and they said, you know what, even if God doesn't save us, we still believe that there's a God. And, you know, as soon as uh, they got tied up and, and the furnace was seven times hotter and all that, as the Hebrew children were about to be thrown, the guys that were about to throw them in died. If I was one, of, and I'm not, I thank God I don't have to go through a fire like that. But if I was one of the Hebrew children tied up, ready to jump in, God is good. Come on. Amen. I mean, how did he die and I didn't? I mean, he's standing right next to him and he died. And of course, uh, I hope it never happens to me, but, but I know who God is. I'm going to honor him and love him. But sometimes we just go through a fire on earth. Amen. 
And so many times we say, oh, woe is me. <laughs> this always happens to me. You said it. Keep confessing it. See what you get. Why not confess, Lord? This is what your word says. I'm going through difficulties in this area, whether it be finances, marriage, family, kids, whatever. I need your help. Touch the hem. Touch the hem. Run up to him like blind Bartimaeus did, even though you're running over people. Love him. I'm about to close. They were bold. The Hebrew children were bold. They stood and believed. If not now, when? I read a book a long time ago. Y'all might know John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen. Many years ago, he was my pastor. I got saved at, at Lakewood, uh, R.W. Shambach. And, and, uh, and I read one of his books. And he says, you need to start being bold for the Lord. And uh, um, what, what I did is I said, Lord, I want to be like that. John Osteen got pulled over one day. He was going through uh, the east, uh, uh, east Texas. It's real hilly. And as he's going up and down these hills, the Lord says, slow down. There's a police officer on the other side. And uh, he didn't slow down. Sure enough, he gets pulled over. And he's talking to the police officer. And, and he says, you know, the Lord told me to slow down. And he goes, well, maybe you ought to listen to him. <laughs> and so anyways, I said, Lord... I want that boldness. Now, you be careful when you ask for boldness. But I said, Lord, I want that boldness. So when I get pulled over by a police officer, that I can tell him about you. I was a baby Christian. You know, I got pulled over five times that year. And every time, the Lord reminded me, don't forget. Don't forget, you want this boldness. You know, if not now, when? And so I get pulled over. The first time I get pulled over, I'm on... 646 and, and, and 146 over there. And uh, as I get pulled over, I'm thinking, why did I get pulled over? And uh, I give him my driver's license and, and my insurance card. And he says, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, no, sir. I have no idea. He says, your inspection sticker is expired. I said, man, six months. It sure is. I, and I didn't even know it. Well, he goes, no, it's a year and six months. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I've gone a year and six months without updating my inspection sticker. I'm thinking, great. And then I gave him my driver's license. We just moved. So my address was wrong. My insurance was wrong. I'm thinking, man, I am going to jail. Go ahead. Cuff me now. And I get out of the car. And back then, you can get out of the car. Now, you can't get out of the car. Just put your hands on the steering wheel. But uh, I get out of the car, and I said, officer, I said, and man, my knees were knocking. And the Lord says, if not now, when? I made a, I said, Lord, I'm doing it. I made a commitment. My knees were knocking. I was sweating like crazy. I was scared. And I sat there and I said, Lord, I mean, I said, sir, officer. I said, um, I said, do you know Jesus? And he looked at me. He says, one thing at a time, young man. I'm thinking, I'm dead meat, man. <laughs> said, I guess I'll talk to the guys in prison. Anyways, I get to, I, he goes, one thing at a time, young man. And he's writing down. I'm thinking, man, I'm imagining the tickets. Three tickets right there alone. And, I, and don't do this. And three tickets. And, <laughs> and so he says, I'm going to give you a warning. I was like, praise God. And he goes, now about the other thing. He says, yeah, I know this Jesus. I know him. 
And right then and there, like me talking to you, he says, he needs prayer. And I, this is a DPS officer. We're in the middle of 146 and, and 646 right there. And DPS officers, you know, hey, this is how it is. That's all it's going to be. That's it. He goes, yeah, I know him. And I said, um, I said, sir, do you need prayer? And tears welling up in his eyes. He says, yes, I do. He's a big guy, you know. And I said, well, I'm going to lay my hands on you and pray for you if that's okay. He says, yeah. Well, I go to lay my hands on him. He raises his hands. I'm like, put your hands down, man. Are you kidding me? I'm over here about to pray for this policeman. He's got his hands in the air, and I'm thinking, man, can you imagine somebody passing by? Uh, yeah, we got somebody holding up a police officer. Well, does he have a gun on him? No, no, he doesn't have a gun on him. So anyways, I'm praying for this policeman, and I'm praying as fast as I can because he's got his hands up in the air. I'm like, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to bless this man. But seriously, let the Lord walk you through things. Let him help you. Show him that love that, that's showing you. Show it to other people. Amen? Stand with him. If not now, when? When are you going to stand up and say, I've had enough. I'm going to live for Jesus. It is fun. People might say, no, it's not a lot. No, it is. And the thing is, I say all that to tell you this. God loves you. He loves you. You've gone through it long enough. Enough is enough. Show that love and compassion to other people that God has shown you. I'm going to close with, like I always do, do an altar call. Some of you are saved, and that's great. But I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. If you were to die today, would you meet your maker? And would he say, well done and good and faithful servant? Or would he say, away from me, I never knew you? The Bible says in John 3, 7 that you must be born again. That's what it says. Well, God's never done anything for me. Look at John 3, 16. It says, for he so loved you so much that he gave up his only son for you to die, and for him to die so you could have eternal life. If not now, when? Well, you know, I got this thing with Jesus. You know, we got our one-on-one -on -one going. That's great. Make it official. Say, I've had enough. I've had enough. If it's you that I'm talking to, I want you to slip your hand and say, I, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I just don't know. I want to know. Who needs Jesus? Raise your hand. Amen. I'm going to take it everybody here is saved. But I don't want to stop there. Some of you need prayer. Some of you need somebody to say, and I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise you. I need prayer. I've gone through it long enough. Through my marriage, it's rocky. Through just the family issues. Drugs, it might be drugs. It might be alcohol. Let it go. Enough is enough. When, if not now, when? You're, you're changing. You're making a mark or you're making a scar. If not now, when? Raise your hand up. I, I'm not Okay, I see your hand. Amen. You can put it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. Put it down. Amen. Amen. Father God, I just pray over everyone here, Father God. I just ask you to bless them, to cleanse them with your blood, Jesus, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I ask you to surround your angels around them, 
Like never before, Lord, as they get out of this place, Father God, that they, they say, enough is enough. I'm a child of the Most High God, and I'm going to live it every day. If not now, when? Today is the day. They made a decision, Lord, to say today is the day. I stand in agreement with them, Lord, whatever it is their issues might be, Lord, that they look to you in every area of their lives. Bless them. Cleanse them with your blood from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Give them the wisdom that they need and give them the right people in their path, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.